It's just a real treat to be here. It's a real treat to be among you people in this house of prayer. And I've just really felt this prayer this week. On Tuesday, Pastor Bob came to me and asked me, and I thought I was all ready. I thought I was all ready because I'd been working on a word, and the Lord, you know, I just felt it was all ready. And then Thursday evening, the Holy Spirit said, throw it away. Throw it all away. I, I read it again. It was flat. There was no life in it. So it had to be thrown away. But I had to work. I had to work Saturday. I just had Friday. And so I was in a, in a crunch, and I was undone. Everything that I'm going to speak about today, God worked in me. He worked in me because I was completely undone. I said, Lord, what if I go in front of everybody and I don't have anything? Because you said to throw it away. I'll look, I'll look ridiculous. And I had to come and accept that, that I would look ridiculous. I, had to, I could see myself saying, Pastor Bob, you're going to have to take over. And, and, and the Holy Spirit let me until I found my footings in his great love. And when I found my footings in his great love, Lord, it's not about teaching this Sunday. It's about what you've got for me in the future. It's about what you're preparing me for because it's a brand new season. It's a brand new season. Everybody knows we've shifted into a brand new season. And all the old things have been thrown away. All the new things, behold, all things have been made new. So God said, throw away that old. That old way of your doing things, it's canceled. It's gone. It's brand new. What I'm going to work in you is going to be a brand new way of your relating to me and me relating to you. So what you're going to receive today is fresh bread. Fresh bread completely from God's heart. Um, you're you're going to have to discern this because this is starting off with a word that he gave me. So please just discern it. It's quite long. Lillian, tell them that I love them. Seek me early. Seek me later. Seek me anytime. I will be found by those who seek me. When I start moving, I have an agenda. I will move forward under the Father's commands. He has a time, he has an agenda that will wait for no man. So now, today, if you will hear my voice, harden not your heart. I am moving forward at a fast clip. You need an enlarged spiritual heart to keep up with me. You need increased stamina, increased fruit of the spirit, self-control, patience, faithfulness, all the fruit of the spirit, to stay on track with my momentum. I am a life-giving spirit. I give you life. So drink Taste and see that I am good. Why would you buy things 
that don't satisfy. Instead, ask me for I self, for your eyes to see what I see. Buy for me gold tried in the fire, white clothes to cover yourselves. Run the race I've given you to run. Run and don't be weary. It will be fast-paced, but so is worship. As you worship, my agenda goes forward unhindered. Seek me. I am your life. I am the fulfillment of your dreams. Walk, run in me, and you will never be weary in well-doing. I am fast pacing your system, your perspective. 2017 has been riveted up to going forward with momentum. To keep up, you need heightened awareness, acknowledgement of me, increased stamina, higher mobility, courage that only comes from the word overwhelming every cell of your body until your DNA and mine are identical. Move in tandem with me. Keep current. Slough off everything that entangles you in this this world. It's spring house cleaning in the spirit. There will be seismic shifts around the globe. Displacement of people, governments trying to micromanage, shifts in population, shift in economies. I want you to have a heightened awareness in all of this, a heightened awareness of my presence. Increased discernment because the days are evil. Many will say, he's here. Oh, he's over there. Don't believe them. Develop confidence in my presence. No, practice my presence. It will save you greatly in this time that is coming and is now. Obedience in small things, like knock on that door. Don't spend your money there. Just obedience. Obedience, increased intimacy, in duration and connection. My angelic presence will aid. As for my children, don't stop for one moment obeying me. It might be simple things. It might be weightier things. Obedience was the success of Jesus' life as he perfectly looked, prayed, and released everything. Time, space, attitude, words. It's not control, it's yieldedness as one new man. It's the Joel 2 army. It's the Acts 2 prophetic army of people. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Sons and daughters, prophesy. That's another description of my type of end-time army. Stop right now. Assess your situation. What do you need to fill in the character cracks? 
the discipline cracks, what now has to be sloughed off to accommodate more durable action gear within you? Maybe you have to get rid of comfort and ask God for obedience. Maybe you have to be released just from giving in and ask God for persistence. Maybe you have to be released from fear and ask God for perfect love. What about independence, being released to yieldedness, confusion, being released from you in great focus, being your character. Self-condemnation, get rid of it, versus the spirit of repentance. Lust versus purity, and on and on. So God, if, you, if that resonates with you, that's what I got when I sloughed off that old word for this new word. You're going to need your Bible. So get your Bible handy and um, turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and f- to 5a. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this. We have received all of this. By coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Make every effort, make every effort to respond to God's promises. In, in Psalm 91, it says his promises are our armor and protection. We could have hundreds of promises that we stand on. God-given promises. We open our mouth and speak, and we open our lips and we're refreshed. Those promises rivet us so that we become part of divinity's nature, the nature of God. And I'm going to look at some places because... In this season, we need to be released from apathy, passivity, lukewarmness. What did God say about lukewarmness? Be hot or cold for me, or I will spit you out of my mouth. Apathy, passivity, lukewarmness, it's part of the old season. It can't come in to the kingdom of God with us. In the kingdom of God, there's only righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So everything else, we have to release it, and we do it with the promises of God. Ask the Lord for his promises, and we go with his promises. 
Um, turn to Luke 18, 1 to 8. Okay, everybody knows this parable. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Persistence. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God, I don't care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. And just, you know, when we, that unjust judge, he couldn't stand it anymore. That was the worst scenario an unjust judge. And the worst scenario was a widow in those days who was nobody. So if God can use a nobody and an unjust judge and give them what's legally theirs, certainly God in this day and age will give us what we need to be that army that Phyllis prayed for to be that love shown to our nation that Diane prayed for, to be, to receive the destiny and calling that God has for each one of us, fully equipped unto every good work. But that apathy, that giving up, we don't do it. We play until we win, and we fight until we fully receive our legal rights. Count how many times justice is named in that parable. That widow wasn't looking for something nice in her life or comfort levels. She wanted her legal rights. She wanted justice, and she wasn't going to give up. She wasn't going to be distracted. She wasn't going to be, receive comfort. She wanted her legal rights, and she wanted them all, and nothing was going to go in her way. But do you know, That's not what really drew my attention to this parable. What really drew my attention to this parable was what Jesus said. He said, however. He said, however. See, he was walking this way. He stopped, and he said, however. However. In the last days, 
when I return, will I find faith on the earth? That's what drew my attention to this parable. Will I find faith on the earth? What is faith to Jesus? When you look at that parable, what is faith to Jesus? What is faith to Jesus? What is he equating, equating faith with? How I see it is Christ equates faith with knowing our legal rights and crying out night and day until these rights are released from the adversary and the judge acknowledges what is legally ours. I'll read that again. Christ equates, equates faith with knowing our legal rights and crying out night and day until those rights are released from the adversary and the judge acknowledges what is legally ours. We don't quit, we don't give in, we don't give up, we don't water it out. No apathy, no lukewarmness. We're going in and we want it all and we want it because it's ours legally. Secondly, Jesus also implied, he also implied that it's critical. That it's critical. That it's critical in these, for this last generation before he returns to know our legal rights and have in for them all. Go to Numbers 13 and 14. Numbers 13, verse 30. Do you know God loves it when he gives us these promises, when he shows us our legal rights, and we stand up for them, and we declare them over ourselves. We declare them to the enemy, We declare them to our circumstances. We open our mouth and speak, and we open our lips and we're refreshed. It honors God when we believe and our identity comes from those declarations. It honors God. And Caleb was a man after God's own heart. He honored God How did he honor God? By declaring back to the people, declaring back to circumstances exactly what God had said. I can see Caleb, before he became one of those spies spying out, one of those 12 spies spying out the land, I can see him meditating on what God said. Land of fruit, of honey, of milk and honey. A land is promised to you. It's your promise. It's your legal right. It's your promise. 
You can have that land. I can see him meditating on that, going to bed at night, dreaming about it, thinking about it. Oh, yeah. That's mine. It's mine. I'm going to take it. It's mine. Nothing's going to stop me. It's my legal right. And I want it all. So when they came back, when the spies came back, Numbers 30, no, I'm sorry, Numbers 13, verse 30. Caleb stilled the people. All the other ten spies said, giants, Nephilim, hopeless, hopeless, hopeless. We're grasshoppers. But Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, and, and look at his language, let us go up at once and possess it. We are well able to overcome it. No passivity, no apathy, no lukewarmness, no giving up, giving in, getting too busy. Let us go up at once. We're well able to overcome. Turn to Numbers 14, verse 7. The land which we pass through to search it out is an exceedingly great land, an exceedingly good land. Caleb, where's your vision of those Nephilim? Where's your vision of those giants, those walled cities? He didn't have a vision of the negative. If the Lord delights in us, and he does, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Positive, over the top. Energetic, exceedingly so. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land. They're bread for us. They're bread for us. Bread. How much opposition is bread? Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. So Caleb had meditated so on the promises of God that his DNA and God's DNA were one and the same in that area. Caleb talked to the circumstances and to the enemy, not just to the people. So the promises that God has for us are above the circumstances. They're not entangled in the affairs of men. They are above, higher, infinitely superior than anything that this world could offer to us. We become part of his, God's divine nature. 
part of divinity. Who could ask for anything more? We affirm God's word when we declare to the circumstances and to people and to demons who we are in Christ and who Christ is for us. We are partaking in the very nature of God. We are experiencing divinity. We get divine acceleration. Acceleration, elevation, increase. And we build a divine relationship with God. He's really happy when we take him at his word. We stand firm in his word when everything comes against us. When we want to be weary and well-doing, but we're not. When we want to throw out the towel because circumstances are so prevalent against us, but we don't. We run and not be weary. We walk and not grow faint because we press into him. Just one more. and Oh, this one more I love. Deuteronomy 5. I really love this section of of the Bible, this Deuteronomy 5. Because you see God's heart here. You see God's heart. And so often, and so often, we're like these Israelite people in Deuteronomy 5. We disappoint God. So often, he's got abundance for us. Look, just get through this with my help. Just speak your way through this. I've got abundance for you. I've got something so elevated, so magnificent, so splendid. Just take my hand and walk with me. In Deuteronomy 5, God was offering the Israelite people intimacy with him through his voice. Intimacy with him in the Old Testament. They heard his voice. There was the mountain filled with fire, thick darkness, but they heard his voice clear. His voice was offering to them intimacy. Look at uh, Deuteronomy 5, verse 24 to 27. Let's go to 23. So it was when you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness, when the mountain was burning with fire, that you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and elders, and you said, surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness and we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God speaks with man yet he still lives. So they heard the voice and 
they were still living. Verse 25, I don't know how they skipped to this. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore, then we shall die. The lies that we believe. For who is there of all flesh who has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived? You, Moses, you go and hear all that the Lord our God may say, and then you come back and tell us all that the Lord our God says to you, and we will hear and do it. They refused intimacy with the voice of the Lord and wanted Moses to be the intermediary. I, I'm just so brokenhearted by God's broken heart here because the voice came with fire. The voice came with consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. But they didn't want to be consumed. They wanted to straddle two worlds, the spirit and the flesh. Because consuming fire requires a commitment to listen. A commitment to listen and obey at a consuming level. A level of passion and persistence. They never got into the promised land. The Israelites refused God's voice and they asked Moses to be their intermediary. You can just hear the sadness in God's voice as he responded. You can hear the sadness. Verse 29. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me. (coughs) Keep all my commandments that it may be well with them and with their children. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me. Can't you just hear the pathos, the Sadness in God's heart. You know, there's another time that, that I felt that sadness in God's heart. And, and it, was, it was in the Garden of Eden when God had to send Adam and Eve out of the garden 
lest they would eat from the tree of life. Do you know they never ate from the tree of life? The tree of life was there all that time. It was there. And they never inquired of the Lord about it. They never wanted to know about it. They never gave it a second thought. And God wasn't pushy. He didn't push it in their face. There's some things that he wants us to ask, to relate to him about. Just be there with him. But he had to usher them out of the Garden of Eden, lest they eat from the tree of life and live forever in their sin. There's pathos there also. Because God wanted them to eat from that tree of life and know life, eternal life. So, um, this, this to me is a new season. All the old things have passed away. Behold, Everything has become new. It's a complete shift. And God is saying, come with me to the promised land. Come with me. Listen to my voice. Hear what I have to say. Intimacy. Because he wants us to get rid of the old and press into the new. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 says, I'll give you beauty instead of ashes. But you have to press in for it. You have to ask him for it. Persistent widow. Persistence. Listen to his voice. It might be even in the midst of fire. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. In this season, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Because when you knock, the door will be open. When you seek, he will be found. When you ask, you will get your answer. Apathy can't come into the kingdom of God. Lukewarmness, passivity. So right now, make a declaration. Lord, that's me. Passion, persistence, overcoming. I'm not going to give in in the middle. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to throw out the towel. And I'd like to ask if people would like ministry to, as we come into this new season, as we come in to this time where we already are now. It's a now time. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. It's a now time.
You don't want to be left behind with the smell of rubber while everybody else goes 100 miles ahead. Today, if you would like ministry in this area to have a jump start asking God, what are the promises? What's the destiny? What's the hope that you have for me? What's the light and the salvation that you want to renew in me? What are the things that I have to slough off so I can be renewed in the spirit of my mind and I can prove the perfect will of God in my life? If you would like a jump start, just put up your hand and say, Yes, I want somebody to come my way. I need a miracle. Because I want to be thoroughly equipped in this end time season to go full speed ahead with God. If you have a character issue, I mean, you don't have to say it. Just ask. Put up your hand and somebody will come and pray with you so that they'll agree with you that in whatever it, it is that you need, the beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you would just like prayer for refreshment so that you go into this new season fully open and fully aware that God wants to do something new in each one of our lives so that when we run and not grow weary, walk and not grow faint, that we will fully be alive to God's requests when he seeks obedience from us. We don't want to have to say, oh, wait, God, I'm going to fast three days. He wants it now. Knock on that door now. Uh, pray for healing for that person now. 